What's up? It is 2 p.m. on a Wednesday afternoon. Thanks for tuning in to Canvas Legalization News. We explain marijuana law so you can change them. I'm producer Lauren, and that's Miggy and Tom, your co-hosts. Guys, how are you feeling? Man, the Cannabis Administration and Opportunity Act has dropped, and this is the episode for you. Uh, you're going to stick around to the end, and then we're going to do Q&A on, on this whole thing. It was 163 pages. We've been through this. I thought it was more than that. Uh, I don't know. Lauren has it up. We're going to be going over it. I thought it was 163 pages. I thought it was like uh, six. 600 pages? No, it was 163. Is it? Okay. Yeah, I spent the morning reading it. And so we're going to go over it. But, you know, we should probably talk a little bit about the cannabis legalization news that brings us together. Oh, well, that's weed in general. That's right. And this is the big one. I mean, this is the one that Chuck Schumer has been uh, hyping this and his soon train. And it's finally got here. Uh, He first announced this on February 1st all the way to January 14th. That is 163 days. Yeah, man. Uh, or five months, 13 days, excluding the July 14th. Um, yep. 44.66% of 2021. Uh, we're going to take some questions uh, so you can just drop them in the comments right now. We are going to play a name that strain to break up the monop- monotony because it's going to be a fairly deep dive into the uh, complete bill. That is what what upset you about the bill, uh, Miggy? The whole fucking thing, dude. I mean, like, so... It's the way it's been doing. It's getting done, right? The process, everything, right? So, I watched their their their, their conference this morning. The little like, hey, you know, circle jerk session, and I, I mean, everything they say, I agree with. But it's like, okay, you've been taunting us, teasing us for months, for all that whole time, you know, almost half the year about some bill. You come up with a bill that's not even. It's not even a bill. This is a. Uh, they're looking for a discussion. So, so like they want input. So everything they're be taking input until the September first, I think. But yeah. So, and, and at that conference, though, Schumer was like, "We don't even have the signatures." So you're telling me you've been massaging me all six months, getting me ready for this thing, and you're not even ready. And, it's a discussion draft. Yeah. That's what it's called. It's a discussion draft. So we're going to have a discussion about the discussion draft. It doesn't even have like a an S on it, I don't think, or does it? It's, it's called the Cannabis Administration and Opportunity Act. It is a bill, and we're going to go over it. I got, uh, I've done an outline on all of it, and so we'll kind of go over the whole thing. They've updated a lot of stuff, and this isn't all that dissimilar to the uh, MORE Act that's going on in the Congress. Uh, it is a, a little bit wonky. It's kind of like the States Act and the MORE Act had a baby, and it was mm. called the Cannabis Administration and Opportunities Act because of the states' rights stuff, which I think is going to be um, one of its constitutional challenges, but I don't care. You well, know, it's I mean, constitutional as far as like all the states suing that they want to be a part of it because they're they're giving the states the option, kind of like the counties do, the moratoriums to opt out. So I yep. mean, I mean, I see lawsuits, yeah, for like what, like the normal of like places like Texas who are fighting for it or whatever. Well, there will be lawsuits. We're going to discuss those once we get to that actual section of uh, Title One of mm-hmm. the Cannabis Administration and Opportunity Act. Uh, and I was able to find a, a controlling Supreme Court case uh, that was based off of alcohol regulation uh, from 2000. 2005. We'll go over that because it's the exact same setup and it'll probably be the exact same uh, results. Uh, and, and that's fine because Title Six of this is the severability aspect. And very often when they're creating legislation, they put this severability. It's also in contracts that if anything in the statute is found to be unconstitutional, 
and or unenforceable that would be excised and nothing else and so smash them likes and uh, don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends if you enjoy constitutional policy so uh, you know another thing that just pissing me off real quick about this mm-hmm. this whole situation though too is in their uh, conference uh they talked about how they weren't going to allow like the safe banking act to go through or the uh you know this just bothers me that the more act has been sitting, it didn't pass the, the, the Senate last time because they they weren't the majority leader, but we've had six months where they could have passed the more act. Like this is just frustrating because this, this bill is just another delay delay, you know? Yeah. But the, uh, the more act, the safe banking act, they're all kind of uh, subsumed in this uh, cannabis administration and opportunity act. So let's go over the uh, various titles to the act. It just starts on its page two out of its 163 pages. And there it is. Uh, let's see. Considering we're using Adobe, how can we just delete the sidebar? I wonder about that. There may be a method. We'll figure it out. But uh, you have section 101. Well, actually, before the sections, uh, you have stuff that we'll go over first. They always have the uh, findings of facts because Congress doesn't just make laws. They also find facts, which is hilarious. And then they also have definitions, which are legal terms of art. And they have redefined Marijuana. Marijuana will fundamentally not exist as a legal term of art, provided that the Cannabis Administration and Opportunity Act passes. Everything about marijuana will be stricken from uh, uh, federal laws and it would all be subsumed into, you know what they're calling it? What's that? What what do you think? What if they're going to deschedule marijuana and call it cannabis and regulate it? What what administration do you think is going to be doing the regulating? It's the FDA. Right. The ATF, which is now not just the ATF, the Alcohol, Tobacco and Firearms. It's now the Alcohol, Tobacco, Cannabis, Firearms and Explosives. (laughs) That has to be like the most rocking government agency to work for. Well, that's because they got the guns, man. And then again, like they got the guns, they got the the, the whiskey, they got the smokes, they got the other types of smokes and they got the explosives. Yeah, I mean, how are you going to enforce? So, what? Uh, uh, you're looking at the key findings. Uh, well, let's let's kind of let's go over the overview of it at first, and then we'll get into the key findings. Then you have Title One, and that's mm. discriminate uh, decriminalization of cannabis for public safeties and also the state's rights, uh, and that is going to be transferring the agencies. And so we just talked about that, how it's going to go to the ATF, and they're going to rename it. And then under B. That's section uh, 111. Uh, That is where you get into the real constitutional oopses. And so that's the state's rights and the diversion of cannabis and the additional and cumulative remedies. Then we get into Title II, uh, research, training and prevention, because there's still not been enough studies. There's a real interesting Easter egg in that Title II, so stay tuned for that one. Uh, Title III is the restorative justice and opportunity, and there's various subtitles in that. There's subtitles A for the trust fund program, subtitle B for the restorative justice. It's a very large section that has many giveaways to various parties of benefits. Then we get into Title IV, taxation and establishment of the trust fund. That Title IV is where the lawyers like me would really uh, look at because it talks about a federal license. So every operator that's out there right now watching first, you should go follow me on Instagram at Cannabis Industry Lawyer and shout at me there and be like, hey, how do I get this federal license? Because you're going to need one. I got a question. Uh, Um, As you go into these titles, so like, um, I mean, you're a lawyer, you you dive into these things all the time. Uh, Me as a technician, you know, all technical manuals are kind of written the same way where where I'm trying to do troubleshooting right away. I go to chapter four, which is usually like the uh, parts and stuff. What for each of these entitlements, is there a, a thing that is there a, 
a requirement for each one or is it just more like these are all the things that we're thinking about bam uh, they often have the same type of uh, form out you know and so they, that's why section six or title six you know the the severability thing that's usually at the end at the beginning you usually have the findings of fact and then the definitions but they kind of shoehorn the definitions into title five the public health and cannabis administration and trade practices hmm. not only that uh, there's a lot of amendmentory that's uh, which isn't really a word an amendment style of language throughout because this law is breaking all these other laws and so they had to go through all the federal laws and go well how do we sort all this s and s h i stuff out uh, and then that's why you have a lot of amendments throughout it's fascinating there's they actually talk about hemp in here they talk about cannabis so title three is going to be a big one that's where the, there's a lot of government giveaways title four that's you know the one for the lawyers and the operators because that's where you get licensed title five is public health cannabis administration and trade practices interesting stuff in there when it comes to import export and also i believe um that's where they change the administration immigration and naturalization act and so title six miscellaneous that's where they have the severability okay i'm gonna i have prepared uh four pages on it and um let me just make sure that we're kind of doing the show as well. So when it hits 420 somewhere, maybe I'll <laughs> we'll be looking at you to like kind of like start winking at me and going, hey, hey, what's going on? Let's uh, smoke some herb. We got 10 minutes. We got 10 minutes. All right. So let's go to some of the findings of fact. Uh, let's bring up the, the Cannabis Administration and Opportunity Act, the CAWA, C-A-O-A, CAWA, CAWA. I don't know. But anyway, they, they find these facts and Congress found completely different facts when they did the Controlled Substances Act that said exactly the same on like the opposite crap of all this stuff, you know, where it was just marijuana is dangerous. You know, drugs are public enemy number one. What a difference 50 years of fact finding makes. No shit. Uh, yep. And so now they really start right there at the beginning. Um, uh, the communities that have been most harmed by cannabis prohibition are benefiting the least from the legal marijuana marketplace. And therefore, what is legal legalizing? it justice equity and freedom right and so the legal legacy of racial and ethnic injustices compounded by the uh, disproportionate collateral consequences of 80 years of cannabis prohibition they start to conflate marijuana and cannabis prohibition and they start talking about how all these states now have these medical laws yada yada and then a total of 49 states they talk about how many jobs that are in there 321,000 jobs they talk about how the cannabis industry is supposed to be a 20 billion dollar industry and then next year not next year by 2025 grow to a 40 billion and then how much taxes are collected approximately 3.6 billion in taxes but then there's still 600,000 arrests and normal points this out all the time and of course it is disproportionately impacting people of color as uh, black men receive drug sentences that are 13 percent longer than whites and about 6.5 times more likely to receive federal se sentences than whites uh, and then under fact number 11 fewer than one-fifth of cannabis businesses owners are in my identify as minorities and only only approximately 2% are black. Uh, applicants for the cannabis licenses, and they, they bitch about it, and they say licenses, fees, and costs can often require more than $700,000. That is correct. See Georgia, see Arizona. Historically disproportionate, and, and then uh, federal law severely. Yeah, so they, they talk about how it's very difficult to access the marketplace, and later on, the, the regulations are like just ridiculous. How are they going to access the marketplace with all these crazy regulations? Yeah. And then, um, but then it's right there. It's like some states and municipalities have taken proactive steps to mitigate inequalities in the legal cannabis market and ensure equal participation in the industry. What the heck does that mean? What does equal participation in the industry mean? 
Well, that's what I was saying. Things get kind of weird with cannabis, right? Like, like the beginning of the law. I mean, like it's yes, prohibition is modern day Jim Crow, just like with the voting going on and the other stuff. But to you know, you know, the whole America created equal uh, type bullshit. Um, I think they they think too hard on this bill. Like you have to just just legalize it. Like just right. make it okay. Give everybody a chance. Just just take it off the schedule. Call it good. Let's go. Give everybody a try. I just don't get that, but they aren't doing it, man. And so, like, what does that mean, though? Because, like, they are talking about uh, minus. No. Okay. Oh, okay. So they, they're talking about what does equal participation mean? That's yeah. the thing that I'm kind of hung up on. And so then I brought up uh, this and I wanted to share that. And so that's what I'm looking for is that. And so like, does equal participation mean like uh, racial parity of representation? And so like they said, like only 2% are black. Okay. Well, how many people are black in the United States? And so you can look it up according to census rate data and it's uh, 13.4% are black or African-American. Okay, great. They're they're underrepresented by 7x, right? Uh, and so how many are white? Uh, 60.3%. And they are approximately 80% of the licenses because they said that only 20% of the license owners or holders identify as a, a minority. So is that what they mean? Because like they don't really define what this equal participation means. And so, but it immediately starts off as being, uh, you know, a lot of racially charged facts that they've found. Well, and that's the weird part, right? Like we, prohibition is created because of damn racism. Like that's all it was. It was, it had nothing to do about like science or, or real, like some a danger. It had nothing to do with that. It was just a control thing. But I think though, you know, the, the emphasis here about like this portion and we want to take care of small craft and, and mom and pop shops. Like there's this weird, just quandary. I want to say like where, you know, yeah, everybody would be a mom and pop shop essentially in the startup. Right. And and then the only way I think you can do a difference is if the taxing, right? Like say you tax really high a GTI or oh. A Cresco. Oh no, no. The tax. <laughs> Have you read about the taxes in here? No, they're retarded. Oh, gosh. Yeah, we'll get to the taxes when we get to Title Four. We're still on the definitions. So let's see how they define cannabis. The definition of cannabis is not actually found in the definitions. It's in Section 502 because sometimes... Why not? You know, the the reason why the cannabis definitions in Section 502 has to do with all these types of amendments that they did on it. But it's on page 128 of the 163 page bill. So let's go over how the the federal definition of marijuana is going to change. And there's just going to be cannabis and hemp. Pretty cool. And so if Lauren's got page 128. uh, Yep. So it's going to amend the Federal Food, Drug and Cosmetic Act for the definition of cannabis. And if we scroll down to the next page, they actually get into it. And so there it is. By adding the following, the term cannabis means, and then it's got this list, very common list, all parts of the plant, cannabis sativa L, whether growing or not, the seeds thereof. If you guys have checked out my seed video, thank you so much. Please smash those likes. And also, whenever I say that, like people are like, seeds are legal. I'm like, no, read the definitions of everything. They always put seeds in there. Uh, Then number three, the resins extracted from any part of such plant and Every compound, manufacture, salt, derivative, mixture, or preparation of such plant, its seeds, or resin. Isn't that interesting? Cannabis does not include hemp. 
wow. as, as, as defined under, uh, and then 297 of the AMA, the Agricultural Marketing Act of 1946, or mature stocks of the plant and like, you know, all the other stuff that has been sterilized and has absolutely no uh, ability to germinate. So fine, sterilized seeds are not cannabis. But that's the important thing. So let's talk about what that means between the definitions of hemp and of cannabis. Uh, this means that Delta-8 THC can simultaneously, if this passes, be both marijuana or cannabis and hemp because you can arrive at that Delta-8 uh, from either a CBD, which was derived from uh, hemp, or from uh, a THC, which was derived from the cannabis plant. Well, and I think, like you said, you know, it's always about term of art. Uh, I recently heard a, a podcast of this lady I like, uh, Illuminati. She covers, like, topical things and, and then she started off with like when i say marijuana i mean both cannabis and hemp and i think that's where we're getting at right now it's like marijuana is going to define the plant itself and then we're going to define if you're having a good time or if you're just doing topicals hmm Hmm. Yeah, that's <laughs> hilarious. But that's really interesting. Downstream cannabinoids can either be cannabis or hemp, depending on where they originated from. So let's get into Title I. Let's go into it now. We'll scroll back up to where it actually starts. And this would be, uh, you know, down there on page six or seven. And this is the real cool thing. They strike marijuana. And so decriminalization of cannabis, public safety and states' rights, removal of the section. So they are actually going to be striking marijuana and striking tetrahydrocannabinols, except for the ones defined in hemp. So they haven't done anything about the Delta-8 or the lesser cannabinoid or the downstream cannabinoid issue when it comes to CBD, THC, and all the other cannabinoids. Removal from the schedule and now you're going to be descheduled 180 days after it's passed and it's signed by biden cannabis will be descheduled if marijuana with an h is taken down does that mean marijuana with a j can be put in its place i mean no they that... struck it and so okay. like they struck it and then they defined it under that food and drug and cosmetic act as cannabis and so okay. like it used to be defined under the controlled substances act yeah that stuff's gonna be gone right and and all of this is still pending on like everybody's input right Oh, yeah. We got until the end uh, or the September to get our input in and stick around till the end and find it in the description section of this video. We have a bit.ly link to a normal uh, landing page where you can tell Congress what you think. But of course, let's keep digging into this because we aren't done yet. And we got 30 seconds. Oh, we got 30 seconds, but that's all right. Lauren will be sure to make sure that we understand it. And then we have to think about this because you know what? They can still drug test. Yeah. Well, heck, that's not legalization. If suddenly you're like, so it's going to be out of the Controlled Substances Act. We're going to hand it over to HHS and then we're going to create this new thing on the ATF and just tack it in there. But we can still drug test you for it. Does that mean you think probably for um, like insurance purposes? Right. Because it's always this weird. We got to placate the ignorance of like what. We no, understand drugs it's got to do with the state's rights, because now mm. they're going to do something that the country has not done in about 100 years. Oh, we'll talk about this more in just a minute. <laughs> Thank you for twenty three sixty five. Yeah, and if your cannabis brand wants to sponsor the full 20-somewhere bumper, get in touch with us. Uh, you can email Lauren at CannabisLegalizationNews.com. Okay, <laughs> and so uh, states' rights. Now we get into, well, actually, we can talk a little bit first about what this means. 
IRS is going to get off your back. You are going to be a normal business. Of course, you're going to be a regulated normal business uh, subject to the ATF. And so you're going to have like bonds and you're going to have to pay all your taxes and seals and wraps, just like a cigarette manufacturer. It's going to be pretty darn interesting. We'll get to that once we get into the uh, titles further on down the line. Now we have to talk about the state's rights issue. This is section 111 of subtitle B of article one. Let's go over that. Brown chicken, brown, brown. That's right. <laughs> so sexy. Yeah, public safety and states' rights. Yeah, I know. All cannabis transported into any state or territory of the United States or remaining use thereon, consumption, storage, yada, yada, shall be subject to the operation and effect of the laws of that state or territory enacted in exercise of its police powers to the extent that the same manner and through cannabis has been produced in that state or territory and shall not be exempted therefrom by reason of being introduced therein original packages or otherwise. So this is where it gives the cops the power, right, of the state. This is law where it violates the Commerce Clause, the Dormant mm. Commerce Clause, equal protection, your due process rights. It, cl- it creates two classes of uh, states, one of which they have a federal regulatory rubric for the commerce to tax it. And the other ones in which it is prohibited and a crime. But don't we already have that kind of sort of, you know what I mean? Like we stand in this whole weird, like the other guy's doing the different than I am. And and and, and it's already we're, we're there. Like, like that's I, one of the constitutional issues. Yeah. So like that's one of the problems. But like it has not been the federal government expressly using their commerce commerce power to regulate the uh, hodgepodge crime of cannabis legalization. You can't say, well, Iowa, we're going to treat you for this action as if it's a crime. And I guess there's just no weed in Iowa, uh, you know, just going to be arresting and incarcerating people. But, you know, because it was unfair to arrest and incarcerate the people in the states where they've legalized it already, those people, they have to get licensed and they will pay taxes. And there's going to be these grants to try to reduce the barriers to entry. And la la la, you know, you are treating different businesses depending in a different state fundamentally differently so the 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 dealer in iowa is different than the dealer in colorado that's still the same though i mean and then and, and you're also and I, we haven't gotten there yet but the commerce right so those states that who decide to elect out they still have to let the trucks drive through with the the goods no no they don't i don't believe they do and then if that's they're doing said well, if, they, if that's what the Schumer said, then it's even more ridiculous because then you're allowing the interstate transport and commerce, but just not the stopping. And so this is one of those things where, you know, what's the rational basis for a federal cannabis policy that taxes one of its citizens, but allows for the criminalization of another one for the exact same activity? We've gone over this. We fought a civil war over it. We have the 14th Amendment and we have like, you know, equality under the law. And then we also have anything where you have this type of prejudicing for in states because like states will try to self-deal dormant commerce clause you know um but i'm going to go off on more of a rant on this because that's where it gets like really really legally uh and it gets into this which one do i actually want i want the there's both of them and so i might put that on the stuff that i'm sharing uh am i still on a share yeah okay and so this is the actual case on it, but I want to see how they actually cited to all the ones. These are the citations regarding it. So like 
the citations regarding it are kind of like, you know, the quotes from the larger opinion. Uh, and as results, you know, here is the larger opinion and then here's its quotes. And so it's a grand hole, Governor Michigan versus held at all uh, Supreme Court of the United States just from 2005 hearing. So that this was a Michigan and New York oh. retailers regarding the importation and exportation of wine. And so. We can look to the, the legalization and the prohibition of alcohol to start to figure out why this particular aspect of the cannabis uh, legalization, they don't even call it cannabis legalization, do that, opportunity and affiliation? No, Administration and Opportunity Act. So they're trying to regulate commerce while clearly preferencing only the states that allow it. And um, then we can go to like the the hits on that. If you do want to read the full thing, it's a fairly long opinion. You know, this this show is dense enough as it is. Uh, it's <laughs> Granholm versus Held. It's five forty four U.S. four sixty. But it's the discrimination is contrary to the Commerce Clause, and it is not saved by the Twenty First Amendment. Um, you know, it is it is one of those deals where. Uh, yeah. So state laws that discriminate against interstate commerce on its face are virtually per se rule of invalidity. So you can't just sit there and say, well, Indiana's going to handle Indiana's cannabis industry. No, because Indiana's version of handling its cannabis industry is arresting anybody within in Indiana with weed. What as I'm saying, like we're already at that point where every state is treating it different. Like we are different citizens, uh, you know, compared to like Tennessee. Right. Like and that's why I keep thinking like about this bill going through. First off, the frustration of not being a real bill already and just not already having the groundwork behind it, the, the, the people. Um, and I really hope that this thing goes through. I just feel like without the, the uh, making the filibuster happen. Right. Every argues about the filibuster. But I honestly think. uh you know, is murder different where you're at? No. Is rape different where you're at? No, it is not. Is is because that's what I'm saying. Like we're, we yeah. we we like oh we don't want to get rid we don't want to get rid of the filibuster or whatever because uh, it's, it's supposed to protect the small guy. Yeah. But I think at this point in 2021, we 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 were equal. Like you should no. have the same rights. This I do. is the most. This is great because like it'll be found to be unconstitutional, and then the severance clause or the uh, severing clause of Title Six will just get that aspect of it, you know, excised from it, and then boom, we have full legalization. But uh, state regulation of alcohol is limited by the non-discrimination principle of the Commerce Clause, and so the non-discrimination pr- principle of the Commerce Clause should also apply to the regulation of cannabis. Probably even sure. more well, very similarly so, simply because they had the legalization and then you had like dry counties. Mm-hmm. You, you couldn't say that it was still illegal, but you could say like you can't sell it on Sunday or like, you know, you can't buy it. Right. Or I can't put you in jail for having it in your car. Right. Which is right. like, hey, let's just get there. <laughs> yeah, man, that would be fantastic. But that aspect of it is going to have to be uh, thrown out as unconstitutional. So let, what's the what's the big uh, takeaway before we get into title two on this? Title II, well, the Title I takeaway is uh, marijuana is going to be out of the Controlled Substance Act and it's going to be redefined as cannabis. Uh, it's going to be unconstitutional, this whole states thing, but that's going to take years to play out in courts. Yeah. So, like, we would have uh, two Americas again, like, literally two Americas. Like, you'd have the legal states and then you'd have the criminalized states for that plant right there. I mean, we're still there, technically. 
Well, no, no, there's one federal policy. It's all of Oh, got you. Got we you. just aren't enforcing it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you're right. I just, it's just, I, I hate policy. I hate, I hate how long it takes as, you know, because every year it seems like, even like during the Obama time where you're like, oh shit, we got a guy who admitted to smoking weed. Like he understands that this isn't, uh, but then when you get to that level of politics, there's just so many things that are precedent that it's unfortunate that people like Lance and, and, and Luke are sitting behind bars every day when they hear these damn stories. Like, oh, oh, here's another opportunity. But it's not because of politics and and the, and, the, and the the lack of agreement going on in that big clusterfuck called D.C. Yeah, well, um, that's why this is a discussion draft. So he's going to discuss this draft, and then hopefully there's going to be a final draft. I really don't care if they leave in the states' rights thing, if that gets one Republican to vote for it or one states' rights person to vote for it. They don't understand that it's unconstitutional. Well, I think most of these people don't know how the Constitution works or read it, you know, like it, it just seems a lot of people when they claim like it's against the Constitution, like literally I have the little book of the Constitution. And it's not that much to read. And when you read it, you're like, where the fuck do you pull this out of your butt? Like this was written 200 years ago and still pretty like, you know, not very complicated when it comes to like what it states. But, right, right. You know, well, we might want to do a name that strain. I don't have a good copy of the uh, PDF open in one of my browsers. And so I'm kind of like not floating as fast as I could. Ooh. That's a hand trim, right? That's just very close to it. And, uh, very just little hints of forest green with lots of lime green yeah it is a pretty silvery lime green and so it's a light one it doesn't have very much purpling very little like no purple or darker or expression it's it's a light minty one you know uh and then i'm not sure about the hand trim aspect maybe some sugar leaves i mean you can see like they kind of fold over and they didn't get them out of there but eh. i've smoked this one before I, i enjoyed it myself really I heard that this name was a hoax. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the name is supposed to be like all about the the high it gives you. But I'm just saying it was an enjoyable experience. You know, it wasn't like this is the shit. Like right now I'm really into God's gift and it's for my asthma. Like it's really been helping me breathe better. But mm-hmm. uh, oh, so some close kids, close. It's a uh, it's a cross between OG Christian. Somebody got close. Uh, yeah, but it's also been accused of being OG Kush. Oh, yeah. By people that are the plot familiar with the, the weed. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, let's go to page thirty-one. I believe title two research training and prevention still looking for the smoking gun, even through legalization. And so uh, the comptroller of the United States gets to conduct these evaluations and they're going to see if there's like sick days, work days, all that other kind of stuff. Uh, And uh, that's. Don't we have already 18 states you can look at? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then they're also going to evaluate traffic safety data and they're going to give grants to prevent drug driving. And that's basically title two. So title three is where it gets exciting again. Title two is just kind of like, you know, the 
kind of a lame sequel, I guess. You kind of knew it had to be in there. Yeah. But title three is where it's at. So the restorative justice and opportunity. It has subtitles. And so you know when a piece of law has subtitles, it's pretty important. No, it is also <laughs> not it's also not a lemon haze. I could be using one right now. There's another one. There's another uh, hint for you. Uh, so they're going to have this really sweet program called the Cannabis Justice Office. Uh, and there's going to be an officer that presides over this office. It's going to be a new federal program. Uh, and then that director is going to be who presides over it. And they're going to have employees and initial hires and all that. And uh, where do they say their mission statement? They, they are going to do stuff. There it is. Uh, page 41. So the director of the Cannabis Justice Office is going to have a community reinvestment grant program to uh, provide eligible entities with funds to administer services for individually in- adversely impacted by the war on drugs, including job training, reentry services, legal aid for civil and criminal cases, including expungement of cannabis convictions, literacy programs, youth recreation or mentoring programs, and health education programs. That is fantastic, but it is also an example of the federal government creating problems and then trying to solve them in, over the course of decades. And so, like, this is really law, people. <laughs> It's taking a chunk, man. These guys are just, it's a very ambitious bill. I feel, I feel it. I, I, I really appreciate it. But you know what? There's two that are sitting right now that you can prove. Two that would help people right now. You know, and that's what's frustrating. Like, because it's up to the discretion of, of the, the head. Why Why has, I mean, Schumer said he didn't want to, I mean, he already admitted that it's like, I don't want to like have conflict, but he really believe in justice. And because and, like we're here in Washington State with I-502, there was many things about it I did not like, like the five nanogram DUI law mm-hmm. or, or putting a, a, a lot of power to the authorities. Um, but again, it's something that we're still shaping. And, and if federally, if we can just release people, we can still shape. Let's just get around that. Like, that's all I want, dude. Seriously. But they are going to do some cannabis opportunity programs. So here's an example of them trying to ro- reduce the barriers of entry to minimize barriers to entry to unlicensed license holders, I guess, so far. Um, however, uh, they are going to create these these funds for small businesses owned and controlled by socially and economically disadvantaged individuals that operate in the cannabis industry. So trying to provide um, funding uh, of certain expenses extends to uh, those. And then there's going to be SBA loans related to cannabis legitimate businesses. Also in article, uh, I call it, is it article or is it title? Title three, I guess the state statutes are very often articles. Hmm. Uh, and then there's going to be no discrimination and provision of federal public benefit on the basis of cannabis. So you can't discriminate for cannabis. I do like that. Yeah. For housing and all the other stuff, that'd be great. And then it gets into the no uh, adverse effects on the immigration laws. So you can come to America and smoke weed. We won't kick you out. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, a, I mean, these are real issues. I mean, these are all just goddamn uh uh, byproducts of prohibition and there's a lot of things that we need to heal you know and and, and you know i just wish some would happen faster than others you know i'm just i'm just not patient man not when it comes to this one particular topic well considering like you've been waiting your entire life i guess i would be a little impatient too i mean like but i've been waiting my entire life and i'm still kind of impatient yeah, yeah, yeah. but i had hair you could i all right i still do and this is mine No, but um, uh, the thing about it is even through legalization, they're doing it wrong and there's going to still be licenses and regulation. We haven't gotten to those yet. So far, it's just been like what's going to happen and all these cool government programs that's going to come and help you out. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) We're we're the government. We're here to help you. (laughs) Yep. Yep. All right. But then uh, what else and the other benefits do we have? No, let's get into Title Four taxes and the trust fund, because all these benefits cost money, you know, 
That's right. So in year one, uh, you can be taxed 10%. I'm not sure where Title IV starts on, on the thing, but let's pull that up. So Title IV, yeah, cannabis products tax. And of course, there's all these new legal terms of art, like cannabis products, cannabis producer, cannabis tax stamps, all these wonderful, great goodies are in Title IV of this. I would read this, and I just kind of glanced at it this morning, but I would read this much more finely as I, and, and especially the regulations thereon, uh, so, so that you can help uh, get your uh, cannabis license at the federal level. There's going to be a whole wave of cannabis licenses needed at the federal level. But um, what else is in that? So what page is that? That's on page 65. Let me just pop down there. And Does it address move. like interstate taxes? Like there's going to be the federal tax, but then like can, states can impose a tax on weed coming in from out of state, couldn't they? Uh, this is over and on top of. So let's just kind of keep going. I think we're getting to it. Subtitle, subchapter A, if we go down. Yeah, there it is. And so for cannabis products sold during the first two calendar years. So for the next two years, cannabis will be taxed at, after this is passed. Let's say ten, cannabis is a 10 percent tax. And then for cannabis after uh, sold during the calendar year after the period described in the first one. So like year three, 15 percent. Now we go to year four and we hit. 20% year five, we are at 25%. That is federal tax, not state. So that's $60 eighth. Get used to it because most of it will be uh, state and federal taxes. I like how you read that because I slowly felt the government's penis slowly slipping into me. Like the first year, the second year, the third year. It's like, this is not comfortable. Uh, this is not comfortable. Uh, and so like, think about that. I mean, like Barry's just like, yay, we're going to be free of IRC 280E. What the fuck are you doing? Oh yeah. But you can pass that on to the consumer. Yeah. But margins, man, margins will still get compressed. And so like that, that $30 eighth of that quality now might become a $50 eighth in 10 years because of all the tax at the federal state and local level on it, you know? Yeah. I mean, no matter what, when something passes, it's still going to take time to evolve the policies and all the other regulation. Uh, the ex the ex ones to get rid of and to create the ones that really matter like proper testing for like pesticides and metals and shit like that i know i know and then uh let's keep going on did anybody get that yet i don't see any so far uh let's give another clue uh I don't want well, to some people to have told me that this actually is the uh, headband is one of its parents, but one of its parents is very famous, and the other one is Sour Diesel. Uh, you just said the name, though, bro. Ha! <laughs> you win! You win. I guessed it. Yeah. <laughs> I know what you're trying to say, but you said. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, you know, like nobody's getting it, and you're trying to, like, not say that word, but also we hit a 420 somewhere. Yeah, and it's so okay. yeah, it'll happen. It'll happen. <laughs> so yes, that was headband. Yeah, was headband. I still think headband is OG Kush. Prove me oh, wrong, dude. internet. Prove me wrong. Yeah. Well, you know, or just say it comes from Humboldt. Well, let's go over what uh, the the legends of uh, uh, headband say. Do you have that up on your? Yeah, chart? it's a cross between the OG Kush strain and the sour diesel. Although the true story about headband's origins is not completely understood, some speculate that this cannabis was developed by Reserva Privada, a Colorado breeder, the same one that has produced legendary marijuana strains such as Candy Kush and Strawberry Banana. Other claims origins from Humboldt county aka silver of the famous triangle emerald triangle so yeah i mean it's, it's hard though for genetics right like there's something i i still like tga subcool or miss jill you know those ones are people i know 
who are you know active and and, and actually been promoting their their the strains like like uh, I think she has a. a, a Oh shit! The a PTSD one because her dad was in Vietnam. But anyways, or, Orange Age Orange was her strain. Yeah. Um, but like, it's hard to like define like unless someone's been promoting and doing their shit. I mean, luckily with the internet, we have records we can reflect, and if someone wants to say, "Yes, I grew that," you know. Yep. But yeah. soon you'll be able to get your headband, which I I still think is OG Kush, but maybe it's not, uh, from a licensed retailer. And let's talk about Title Five public health and trade practices. Wait a second, we already no. Let's go back to the the tax credits for some producers. Uh, the public health and trade practices are a thicker layer of the regulation. First, you have to pay your taxes, which is a fairly onerous regu- uh, regulatory layer. So some producers are going to get tax credits. Which producers are getting the tax credits, I wonder? Uh, well, I would hope it'd be the small guys. Well, somebody, they mentioned tax credits, but I didn't. I, wouldn't, I, hadn't, I haven't had the chance to dig into it so much to see if what that means. Yeah, see what it defines. What's that? Well, you know, not going to answer that one right now. But uh, <laughs> the export provision is on there. It's on page 88. Uh, there's a lot more of terms of art and nomenclature and a lot of regulations on shipping and packaging and penalties for failure to comply with those regulations because then you weren't following the rules. Something is just because something's legal doesn't mean that there aren't rules to do it. And then all these regulations do not really seem to be consistent with reducing barriers to entry into this market. I mean, we could just be scrolling through the regulations right now uh, going into title five so where does title five start title five i like how you said how just because something's legal doesn't mean it's uh open like there was a guy that got busted selling peanut butter and jelly sandwiches uh to people uh in different work offices he had his uh business called like homemade notes and so he'd make like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich with a, a cup of milk or, or a little carton mm-hmm. of milk and a note for mom you know, he write like different notes, like you know, you know, have a great day, love you, sure, yeah, yeah, and then he charged like ten bucks a bag or whatever. But the uh, the food, the, the the health department came on him, uh, and he had to close up shop. So sure. you know, you know, if you if you're gonna get a business industry, have you ever heard of cottage industry laws? Like no type of stuff that he would need then. You still have to get like some license, but because you're just at that small of a scale, it's like you're not allowed to get too big. Like you can't go outside the limits of it. But yeah, yeah, so like, you know, people could do the bake shop in their kitchen and then that's the first step. And then if you get too big, you have to go to the next one, you know? Well, I think that's how Washington's market was. It was a cottage industry with the the medical stores, you know, Mm -hmm. why they weren't getting messed with. You know, it, it was the great capitalist market back then it was an experiment that no one died in um but i think because now some of them are beyond that some are big msos uh have a heart is in multiple states uh there's a couple other uh chibachu brands and other things but uh and again i don't i'm mad at people for making money like like you need to you deserve to be rich yeah. but there are rules you gotta play by if you're gonna be the big boys Yep. And then uh, speaking of those rules, we can go to Title Five. It starts on page 111. So, you know, dozens of pages of uh, statutes and regulations that will follow later. Uh, Now the Federal Food and Drug and Cosmetic Act is going to be amended to provide for all of these things. 
cannabis products not later than 90 days after the date of this enactment of the Cannabis Administration Opportunity Act. There's going to be new rules uh, for the Food and Drug Administration for cannabis products, just like, you know, those CBD regulations that we're still waiting on. Right. So uh, now there's an annual registration. So we keep going down like, you know, so every year you're going to have to renew this uh, license that you have. Uh, And then. If you continue to go through these uh, fairly dense, you're going to see GMP requirements. So if you are an operator right now with a processor's license, you're going to start getting ready for GMP like now, bro. Uh, and then if you're thinking about going for a processor license, yeah, you should already be like thinking about how you're going to comply with GMP. And that stuff is expensive. Uh, record keeping requirements are on there. Uh, there's a ban on flavored cannabis vapes. So it, can you buy a cannabis vape with a flavor in it at your state or jurisdiction? No. no. Well, I mean, like you can in Illinois. I, I, I hate them. It's usually like the most blended of the vapes. They're usually the disposable ones. They'll put in some some flavor in it. And I'm like, well, no, the federal just cracked down on the vape bans. You can only get like, you know, you can't get like Fruit Loops anymore. Uh, and then are we sharing the document? Somebody's asking if we can share the document somehow for the. Yes. Uh, yes. I believe that they're on our uh, description to this video. There's a link to a bit.ly that uh, has a script. It was uploaded on script.com. So we uh, got it from there uh, and we're discussing it with you guys. Thank you for joining us. Shout out to the members, especially to the members. Consider joining the channel if you're enjoying the content and playing name that strain. And sometimes I don't. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, we're in this upside down where we're trying to fix it at the same but we need these guys inside you know uh i just don't know man until the, the filibuster we need something to just move the these guys to go back to how it was yeah well make them work is what i mean like like make them stand up there and talk about why or why we shouldn't do something yep. and, but they're gonna yeah. you know there's other stuff in this and so like we're still not through it well i guess we'll skip the state and local authority go to the cannabis advisory committee they're gonna start doing research in cannabis to study both the benefits and the harms both the harms the and the harms I'll tell you the harms right now i spend way too much on it <laughs> well you're going to continue to because it's 10 percent tax then it's 15 then it's 20 then it's 25 percent tax oi and but, so you know yeah. hey does that apply to only licensed uh, retailers and so like that's going to do nothing to the gray market that's just seeping out of california michigan oklahoma yeah, you know, creating these rules is just having an idea that everybody's going to buy by them. Like, because we've been abiding by them so well, so long already. Right. You know, I just, if we just cut that, that, that descheduling. Oh, no, it's still going to be illegal. It's going to be like tax evasion. But in the ATF, so as opposed to them saying DEA on their jacket, it'll just say ATFGNE or something. Sure. And they're going to be coming at you from the Department of Treasury and the, the ATF or, you know, and good on ATGC. Yeah, go after people who are successful for the books, not go after them to put them in prison. And then that's what no, happens. I think, every- I think that's what because like if you're selling it without the 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 right paperwork, I think it's still going to be somewhat of a you know infraction. I'm not sure what type of enforcement they're going to have regarding those penalties. Is that something that an administration can draft and use their power to uh, you know? And all these questions are going to be answered after they they legalize something or yeah. after they pay, pass the law. Then the regulations come into work, and then so. Like that, the hemp lawyer, uh, the hemp farmers, or the the Delta Eight people in the house, uh, all those people had to wait for years and months, and they would blow deadlines while they're t- trying to draft these regulations. And they have them for CBD. 
in this. And so CBD will be regulated like a dietary supplement. Very interesting. That's great. They're actually moving ahead of the FDA on that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they're making amendments to the Federal Alcohol Administration Act, which is where the um, ATF began, or like, a, I guess at first it was just alcohol, then it was alcohol and tobacco, then it was alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. Oh, right, right, right. Alcohol, right. tobacco, firearms, explosive. Now it's alcohol, tobacco, cannabis, firearms, and explosives. But it's like, why can't we just have, because like here we created this whole department just for really bad shit, right? Like, like here's some really bad shit that happens that involves guaranteed people with guns or, or something can get violent and wrong. But, uh, you know, just any prohibition will just help give law enforcement the proper priorities, right? Like th- that was one of the things that brought up, you know, Booker and, and Wyden and then was, you know, we've had misguided justice this whole time where we're, well, law enforcement goes after people for a plant when there's real shit going on, like right behind you, buddy. Like just turn around and you'll see crime. Right. Right. I don't get it. I don't get it, man. But we're almost done. We've almost wrapped it up. And so uh, there's going to be a federal uh, regulatory rubric. It's going to be really, really difficult. And if I can help you out on that, great, because everybody that's operating right now is going to need to do more operations. And so let me just throw this one on there. We've updated the Cannabis Industry Lawyer website. You can go over to the Cannabis Industry Lawyer website and get on the contact us. And that'll lead to to this page. And uh, hopefully we can help you at least in your own state but uh eventually it's going to be federal yeah and just a reminder this bill right now is just a discussion bill they're looking for your input you can go to marijuana moment the link's in there uh but they're looking for your input and better you do it than kevin sabat oh absolutely better you do it than kevin sabat but uh, we're also gonna you know before we get done and bounce on this uh you know if you guys have any questions we could get to those we could do a few minutes of questions on this uh, cannabis administration and opportunity act before we wrap it and then uh we'll also be pointing you guys to uh take uh action at the normal site and so like there's a bitly that we'll be sharing so that you can go uh so yeah please do get your questions in if you have any and also you know i mean it's not i don't think i say it enough we're registered to vote i mean like that's the power yeah (laughs) you know know your fucking representative and if they know that you're registered to vote they know you got power against the vote against them. That's right, man. And so please do go ahead provide them feedback. What do you think oh, about question? It? Was there any mention of home grow? Uh, there was no mention of home grow whatsoever. And I believe that's one of those deals where it's, um, you know, if you're not home growing for profit and they said it's going to be a lot of states rights. And so there's not going to be any federal interference, but then there will be federal um you know, predilections. So like they're taxing this guy, but then this guy's not getting taxed. Yeah. Well, a lot of the things too, don't like to be addressed, right? Politicians just don't want to like here in Washington state. It's not in our books. Something we've been fighting for God for four years now. Uh, each time it either dies in committee or uh, uh, floats some other way, but um, the FDA has the authority to impose a TH limit. I don't believe so. That would have to come out in rules. I mean, nobody had the they had the authority to create regulations for licensing. And so you're going to be able to see those types of licensing. But yeah, um, THC limits really have not worked anywhere. And I don't maybe if that's going to be something that's done in the rulemaking process, kind of like the farm bill happens every four years. So is there going to be a cannabis bill every four years that has a new uh, redefinition of the rules or or what, you know, or is actually already there, too, with with the hemp division. Right. When you're when you're classifying hemp at this and then you're saying the rest is cannabis, you kind of got that cap thing going. But 
it's illogical to do it for cannabis itself or uh, you're, you're regulating it like alcohol. And so like yeah. for alcohol and tobacco. And so if you are going to get so big that you need to pay your alcohol tax or you need to pay your tobacco tax, it's going to be the same thing. You're going to need to pay your THC tax. And I think that's probably where THC limits are going to be. I mean, alcohol yeah. is like a perfect example. So like Everclear has a higher tax on it than Miller Lite. Right, right. And that's always I thought here in Washington State because we do have homebrew and we have people who do uh, make alcohol. Is that on the board on medical? I believe so. Yeah, they are. Yeah. They are begrudgingly moving so uh, forward. So I bet they're going to slow walk the rulemaking process. That's one of the things that administrations can do. They can slow walk things or they could try to speed them up. It's a terrible catch 22. Almost damned if you do, damned if you don't. You try to go too fast yeah. and you're overly complex in your regulation with a very limited market. It could just end up in a ball of litigation for years as your industry doesn't uh, get to your state. So even if this was passed like right now, uh, buckle up. It's going to be a bumpy five years. And also look for the is that one lady that's been petitioning, doing all the work, who's not a cannabis consumer. Uh, you know, look at, for the people in your state who are actually doing things and, and help them. You know, volunteer. Absolutely. Make sure you hit up your local normal, hit up your state normal, and always make sure to tune in and like and subscribe to Cannabis Legalization News. Please. <laughs>